Sorry. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. A Vermont school district has suspended a father of a girl who pushed back against biological male in her locker room. Elementary school teachers getting trained on introducing five-year-olds to sex changes. The CDC moves to make COVID shots a requirement for school kids. Many young doctors now have died since COVID vaccine rollout. FBI agents suspended without pay, citing the agency's motto, Fidelity, Bravery, and Integrity, but they didn't like the message. One country is now offering to pay for funeral if forced COVID shots kill you. Welcome to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction talk that transforms. And today may be exceptional in that regard. As we force, we focus on the increasing pressure to conform. The pressure to conform. When we grew up, our parents talked to us as budding teenagers about Peer pressure. Remember that term, peer pressure. Well, today, peer pressure has gone adult. But it's gone even more than just adult. It's coming with consequences. It's coming with threats. It's coming with dire threats. And we're all being compelled to conform. To conform to what, though? To conform to that which is honorable and that which is good and that which has historically been upheld, not only in our country, but throughout the world, particularly according to biblical standards? No, just the opposite. To conform actually to that which is contrary to that which we have historically held to be honorable, to be good, to be righteous, to be holy, to be worthy of recognizing and emulating. No, everything has changed. And if it hasn't changed, you're going to be forced to change anyway, because that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. That is the new culture, friends. It's not just cancel culture. That's only part of the pressure to conform, compelling people to conform. It's everywhere. And today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look already introduce you to a series of headlines that help us to understand how this is being carried out, the gravity of it, and what you and I should do in response. You see, for professing Christians, this is a big deal. Should be anyway, because if you're being forced, compelled to violate your conscience, to violate what God has said, you're in deep trouble. I remember back in the book of Daniel, perhaps you remember this account, where the leaders in Babylon became very envious of Daniel because he was so prosperous, so successful, gained such favor because of his godliness and his honorable behavior 
that they decided they were going to concoct a means to trap him and destroy him. So they decided to uh, go before the king and uh, invest themselves in his pride to seduce his aid in their nefarious intentions to destroy Daniel by approaching the king according to his pride. So they said, oh, king, uh, we think it would be a good thing for you to make a decree. And that is that anybody for the next 30 days that prays to anyone other than you as the king will be thrown in the lion's den. Hmm. So the king thinks, well, yeah, I'm pretty great stuff. I'm the king of Babylon. Actually, I think at this point it was the king of Persia because the Babylonians had already been overcome by the Persians. And so Daniel, it says, continued to pray every day, three times a day, as was his custom. In fact, he didn't even try to hide it. He opened his windows and openly prayed. And as a result, they came, they spied on him, they reported him to the king, and, of course, the king, having delivered the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be changed, was required, demanded, according to the laws of Persia, to throw Daniel in the lion's den. And he labored all evening to try to figure out a way to deliver Daniel, because he knew that Daniel was a righteous man, and was very valuable in his kingdom. Well, of course, we know that Daniel, because of the intervention of God, was delivered from the mouth of the lions. But not everybody is delivered from the mouth of the lions. In fact, some of the folk that we have just heard from in these headlines were not delivered from the mouth of the lions. You see, the lions are everywhere now. The lions are in our school districts. The lions are in our sports programs. The Lions are in the NFL, National Football League. They're in all of the sports leagues. The Lions are in the government. The Lions are in the courts. The Lions are everywhere, even in our churches, compelling you to conform to that which is contrary to your conscience and that which is contrary to God's will and contrary to uh, to all that is decent and honorable. That, that having been said, as a, an opening statement, shall we say, we present the evidence before us. This is just limited evidence to show us what really is taking place and how it's being accomplished. So we go to Vermont. A Vermont school district under fire for allowing a biological male student to use the girls' locker room, has suspended a father from his position as soccer coach for using male pronouns to refer to the trans-identifying student. Travis Allen has been suspended without pay from his job as the Randolph Union Middle School's uh, girls' soccer coach. The school district superintendent said that Mr. Allen was being punished 
because he, quote, misgendered a transgender student in our district, unquote. Alan's daughter, Blake, is one of several young ladies who said they were in the high school locker room changing when the trans-identifying student, a biological male, entered the locker room. Several girls said they asked the student to leave, but he did not immediately do so, or she, depending upon your choice of pronoun. The girls said that the student stood in the corner and gawked at them while they were changing. The father of the four said that he has coached his children for the past 12 years as a way of being involved in their lives and teaching them life lessons. It's not just about playing soccer, he said. So should he apologize? They said if he would apologize, he'd get his job back. What would you do? Think about it when we get back from this break. This is Viewpoint, and our viewpoint on issues like this determines destiny. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. I'm so glad that you have joined us here today on Viewpoint. We're confronting, as always, the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. We're not just looking at it from a historical perspective. We're not just looking at it from an American perspective. We're not just looking at it from a black or a white or a green or some other racial or so-called racial perspective. We're looking at it from a heavenly perspective, a godly perspective, which we gain from the scriptures. That's where we gain a godly or righteous perspective. Righteousness is the habitation of God's throne, the scripture says. So, righteousness is right waysness from God's viewpoint. It's very simple. Righteousness is right waysness from God's viewpoint. Now, when anything deviates from God's viewpoint, it's not righteous. It's unrighteous. So then we have to make discernment. We have to have discernment as to whether something is righteous or unrighteous. And when we do that, our conscience then is informed as to that which will please God or not please him. Then we have a choice. Once that happens, we have a choice. And that choice is, will we do what God, through his word and his spirit, has convicted us of concerning, and in our conscience, concerning what is righteous and what is not righteous, will we conform to his standard, or will we conform to some other standard that is being pushed upon us? That's the issue. So, this father of four girls, or one son, I think, and and three girls, has coached his children for 12 years as a way of being involved in their lives and teaching them life lessons. He said it's not just about playing soccer. It's about life. It's about attitudes. It's about a lot of things. Now, I'm not even convinced that this particular man is a Christian. In fact, I find nothing in the report that says that he is. 
On the other hand, he does believe in a kind of righteousness that would conform with standards that heretofore have been given in our culture, a Christian culture. So, they told him, the school district said, well, if you will apologize in public, then we'll give you your job back. So now Mr. Allen has to consider, should I apologize or not? What would you do? If he apologizes, he gets his job back. So what's the most important thing here? Is it his job or is it something else? See, this kind of situation helps us to discern the kinds of choices that you and I are being required to make every day and are going to continue to be required to make, well, far more often than you can possibly imagine today. In fact, it's going to the intensity of the efforts to compel you to conform to unrighteous standards, anti-God standards, will ultimately lead you down the primrose path to become one who, in effect, shakes his fist against God and his authority. So here is the thinking of Mr. Allen. He said, if I say that I'll apologize, then I'm not standing up for what we believe in. I'm just cowing to them like so many other people have done, and I just can't do that. He said, we're a family that pretty much goes with the flow, but this time, we just couldn't do it. Would you have done what Mr. Allen did, or would you have capitulated? And when you capitulated, you would have bought into the new teaching for private and public behavior to accept the LGBTQ agenda. That's what you would have done. That's what Mr. Allen would have done if he apologized. And he knew that. So now he has to make a choice. Is he willing to lose his job in order to protect and preserve his integrity in what he believes? What would you do? What would you do? In my book, Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception, we have a chapter dealing with compromise. You know, you've heard the phrase, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, it it may be true. He may have good intentions to say, well, I want to keep my job and I want to feed my family in that sense. Okay, that's understandable. But that kind of decision is based upon what we call pragmatism, not principle. Here is one of the most fundamental patterns of compromise. By the way, there are four distinct characteristics of compromise. 
that will pattern uh, reveal the pattern in our lives. Number one is compromise always exalts pragmatism over principle. Always. Pragmatism is a philosophy and method of decision-making that defines value in life and our families, activities, organizations, churches, government, on the basis of what seems practical, what produces a desired result at the moment. So the foremost concern to the pragmatist is not whether something is true or right or just or moral, ethical or spiritual, pure, but whether it seems to work at the moment. So the the pragmatist finds it very difficult to value absolute truth as other than a theory. Truth gets in the way of what he values as practical. So the pragmatic Christian may embrace a written creed or biblical principle as true, kind of in the abstract, but his life seldom conforms to those claimed truths. What he says he believes is often very different from what he actually does. And so there's a serious disconnect between what he sees as his Christian life and the way others are God sees his real life. Well, I guess we would call it hypocrisy, wouldn't we? So it lacks integrity, and it causes that person to be extremely weak and unable to truly love God. You see, while claiming to believe God's truth, he really doesn't trust God to honor that truth to produce the desired or practical results. So the pragmatist ends up relying principally on human reasoning, gospel gimmicks, and programs to accomplish his objectives, often leading, usually leading to ever-increasing compromise. Mm. And that's true. Now, if you would like to find out a lot more about the nature of deception and seduction, because it is the number one characteristic of the end of the age, according to Jesus, according to the Apostle Paul, according to the Apostle Peter, according to the Apostle John, they all warned about deception and seduction. And their warnings were all to professing Christians, not pagans. Because the pagans are deceived already, you see. So, the book, an $18 book, yours for $15, on our website, saveus.org. Seduction of the Saints. How to stay pure in a world of deception. Oh, and by the way, this book deals with such a vast array of the methodologies of deception and how deception comes in on little cat feet like the fog comes in lightly at first and then pretty soon it's overwhelmed you. Some have said they found this book to be the most important book they had ever read other than the Bible. So I asked the question, I said, why is that? Why did you say that? One person said, well, it's because this book actually makes the Bible real and practical. It applies it in such a way that the Bible comes alive and makes a difference in my life. It's transformative.
So the book, Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception. All right, so how did this situation in Vermont play out? The co-principal of the school last week said, student safety is our district's highest priority. We always do our best to maintain a supportive learning environment for all of our students. Well, that's not quite true. Only those who will conform to their new agenda. They said the district has policies and procedures to respond to student harassment based on protected characteristics. Protected characteristics? Who sets the protected characteristics? The school district. The school district sets the uh, preferred characteristics, and therefore they compel you to conform. They compel Mr. Allen to conform. And if you don't, off with your head or your job. Another wrote on behalf of the district, claimed that coverage of the girls' pushback has sparked hatred and bigotry toward both the trans-identifying student and the school district. No, that didn't spark hatred and bigotry. It's those who were trying to compel Mr. Allen and his family to conform. They're the ones that sparked hatred and bigotry. Parents... Some parents said the superintendent and the forum did not focus on the most pressing matter at hand, namely their daughter's discomfort at having a biological male student in the locker room able to observe them while they were changing. So, in order to compel, you see, a ungodly or unrighteous cause, which is what the district was doing, they had to change the standards for that which is so-called right, righteous, or good. So anything, then, that didn't agree with the new standard set up by the school district, by definition, was bad. Therefore, Mr. Allen had to be punished because he was now bad by definition of the school district that had changed morality, turned it on its head, and in favor of one student, in favor of one student that claimed to be transgender, now all other students must conform. I thought their interest was in the safety of all students. No, not really. It's in the safety of or the protection of one group, a very small group, And in order to do that, everyone else must conform or else. Are you beginning to get the picture? Next, elementary school teachers get trained on introducing five-year-olds to sex changes. This is Fern Hills Elementary School in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Featuring a teacher training for educators to learn how to create a gender-inclusive classroom that is respectful of all LGBTQ identities. The training including included lessons and books aimed at kindergarten students so that educators may integrate transgenderism into their curriculums. 
So you could ask the question, well, why are elementary school teachers focused on gender ideology rather than teaching their, their kids reading, writing, and arithmetic or history and science? It's because a whole new standard, unrighteous standard now, is being superimposed upon the culture, upon the righteous, to compel the righteous to become unrighteous so as to be declared righteous according to the new anti-God standards. If that doesn't sound confusing, uh, well, it, it probably does sound confusing, but that's exactly what's happening. How would you like to be a kindergarten teacher required to go through training to introduce LGBTQ education, cultivating a gender-inclusive classroom, by listening to an LGBTQ activist, Anissa Smith, who calls herself a queer Christian. We'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Here now is the same basic issue as with the coach who was uh, removed from his uh, coaching job because he refused to apologize for disagreeing with the school district standard to allow transgenders into the girls' locker room and then refused to identify those who self-identified as whatever male, female, whatever pronouns they wanted to use, he refused to do that. He says, no, I'm going to speak the truth. If they're male, they're male. I'm going to call them a boy. If they're female, I'm going to call them a girl. So that, you see, that standard of truth was intolerable to the school district. So they fired him. When they fired him, what they in effect did was say, you either conform to our new standards, unrighteous standards, unbiblical standards, you either conform to those or you're out of here. You're not tolerated. So much for toleration, right? Now we come to another application of this same kind of choice. Kindergarten teachers in Westchester, Pennsylvania, being compelled to undergo special training by a self-identified queer, Christian, cisgender woman of color. 
the director of diversity, equity, and inclusion at Penn State Abington, who has been in social justice activism for more than 12 years, according to her own website. These, this is the woman that has been selected by the school to teach the, the uh, teachers as to how to train the children to submit to a whole new standard, an unrighteous standard of sexual, uh, not promiscuity, but uh, perversion. Now, if you were the elementary school teacher, what would you do? Would you submit to the training? And if you did, then what? What Are you going to apply it? What are you going to do in the classroom? Are you going to do what they expected you to do? And that is inculcate the kindergartners with this new transgenderism system? You have a choice, don't you? Maybe you say, well, I didn't have a choice because I need my job. Oh, but you still have a choice. Daniel had a choice there in the Old Testament. He could stop praying for 30 days, and he would never have been thrown in the lion's den. He had a choice. He knew what the consequences would likely be, but he was a man of principle. He was a righteous man. In fact, the Bible says that Daniel was one of the three most righteous men in the whole Bible. Did you know that? He was willing to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand to stand. Interestingly, the training asked the teachers to first identify when they learned about LGBTQ or A. And then the teaching said the Qs stand for queer. Now, when you hear the word queer, what does that tell you? It's an alert, isn't it? In other words, this is not right. This is contrary to biblical standards, to God's viewpoint. It's also contrary to historical moral practice in our entire country. So much so that George Washington, as commander of the Revolutionary Forces, declared that if you practice sodomy, if you were caught practicing sodomy, you were going to be drummed out of the army the next day. He wouldn't put up with it. Interesting, isn't it? The activity by the Human Rights Campaign to accompany the book called They, She, He, Me, Free to Be offers discussion questions for introducing elementary students to gender-neutral pronouns and how to choose their own pronouns. The lesson states that calling someone he or she is transphobic. So this is a desire an intent to completely change the language. To change the language according to what? Unrighteous standards. 
so that when you would speak, you're compelled to speak unrighteousness rather than righteousness. You're compelled to speak words that reflect something contrary to God's viewpoint. When you do that, you are engaged in evil, friends. Evil is anything that disagrees with God's viewpoint. The Bible makes it very clear. Now, the training at Fern Hill Elementary School there in Pennsylvania was focused on the importance of creating what they said was an environment where all students can achieve their best and where all families feel welcome, valued, and respected. It's not true. It's not about all families. It's only about protecting the feelings, the transitory feelings of one or two or three people. That's what it's really about. And then compelling everyone else to conform to their unrighteous viewpoints. Again, we're talking about how compromise occurs. Compromise always exalts flesh over faith, friends. When we claim to profess faith, we're often possessed by our flesh. So the battle of the flesh against the spirit is one of the greatest, most recurring battle that you and I as Christians will ever ever face. It's nothing short of an all-out war. It comes in small doses and it comes in major confrontations. And losing one such skirmish of the flesh versus the spirit one after the other, actually begins to define the road to perpetual compromise, which will take you to eternal damnation. I hate to put it so bluntly, but that's exactly what it is. So, you and I are faced in so many, many different ways with compromise. Massive compromise. Many a program on television is designed to cause your feelings or your flesh to accede to an ungodly viewpoint because you feel badly or you want to feel good according to the standards of the program as it's being presented. It's very subtle, sometimes not so subtle. Be aware of these things, friends. Now, here's another one. CDC moves to make COVID shot a requirement for school kids. Notice the word requirement. Parents across the nation are demonstrating their lack of trust in the experimental mRNA vaccines used under emergency use authorization with only about 2% of children under 5 and less than one-third, ages 5 to 11, having been fully immunized. Nevertheless, in spite of that, the CDC, Center for Disease Control, is poised to address the vaccine hesitancy. In other words, you're not conforming. We don't like it. You're not doing what we told you to do. And in so forcing you, the pharmaceutical companies, will get permanent protection from liability. 
So, tomorrow, the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices is scheduled to decide whether or not to include COVID-19 vaccinations in their pediatric immunization schedule. Approval could grant permanent legal immunity to vaccine makers Pfizer and Moderna, along with another profit windfall, and health scientists are warning about it. They said this is a dangerous idea that will only benefit the vaccine manufacturers at the expense of the best interests of kids. That came from the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, whose director said recommending a product that has serious safety signals, which is unnecessary because of widespread natural immunity and generally mild disease, and which possibly has negative efficacy, is an egregious violation of regulatory procedures and a profound violation of public trust. Now, he's not the only one saying this. Dr. Harvey Risch, emeritus professor at the Yale University School of Public Health, affirmed that the vaccines provide virtually no benefit for children while poising serious risks. So there's no legal ground for the government or any institution to mandate the vaccines. But they want to. So here's the question. If they do, now what are you going to do? What are you as a parent going to do? Are you going to conform And if you don't conform, the next step is to make the vaccine or jab, mRNA jab, required to enter school, just like all the other uh, measles and whatever the other jabs are. So you can see what's happening. The trajectory is always the same. You are being forced increasingly to do that which your conscience tells you is wrong. Either evil or dangerous. So what are you going to do? You say, well, I don't have a choice. Yes, you do. You always have a choice. No person is ever seduced against their will. There's a reason why someone is willing to be seduced. Are you? We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Our subject today is being compelled to conform Are you in some area of your life being compelled to conform? 
Oh, absolutely you are. Even your children are trying to compel you to conform. Your teenagers are expert at that. Your younger children now are expert at that. To compel you to conform to a standard, to things that you know are not right, are not good for them, are not healthy, are not righteous. And yet you capitulate. Why do you do that? We are people who have forgotten the nature of principled living. We just are. Our country has virtually abandoned principle in favor of pragmatism. And when Christians do that, their eternal destiny is put on the line. It's not a game. There are always consequences. Viewpoint always determines destiny. Always. Get a copy of the book, Seduction of the Saints. It's going to help you understand the nature of seduction and deception in so many, 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 many different ways. You can hardly comprehend the ways, but this book is laid out in an orderly fashion so that you'll be able to understand. It's not difficult. It's easy to understand. Challenging, but easy to understand. It's a book that every parent, every Christian parent should read. Every pastor should read. Every youth pastor should read. Because you're facing all these issues. You are facing all these issues. You don't want to admit it, but you are. And we're so inundated. You know, it's, it's, it's like the flood, the hurricane that comes in, and it drives in the water from the sea, and the rivers start rising, the flood waters come up, and you're enveloped by it. That's what's happening to us, and it's happening very rapidly. The book, Seduction of the Saints, an $18 book, yours for $15, on the website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. I, I really don't think that you can afford to be without this book. I really don't. There's virtually nothing out there that is really challenging Christians with regard to the nature of seduction and deception. People are afraid of it. Pastors are afraid of dealing with it. They're afraid of offending people. In fact, the very fear of offending people is one of the characteristics that you are already being deceived. You are already succumbing to the effort to compel you to conform in various different ways. Well, here's an interesting shift. An alarming spike in the deaths of young Canadian doctors since COVID-19 vaccine was mandated for health court workers in Canada demands an investigation. Dr. William Mackis, a nuclear medicine physician with more than 100 peer-reviewed uh, research uh, publications called for an immediate end to COVID-19 vaccine mandates in Canadian healthcare. 
He said, our analysis shows Canadian doctor deaths under age 50 in 2022 will be twofold higher than compared to 2019-2020. Shockingly, doctor deaths under age 40 are fivefold higher, and doctor deaths under age 30 are eight times higher. Young Canadian doctors dying suddenly, unexpectedly, after COVID vaccine rollout. Just last month, he says, I wrote you a letter regarding the sudden and unexpected deaths of 32 young Canadian doctors since the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines. Now, without going into the full article here, we have shared enough here to help us to understand what the, what the problem here is. The problem here is that the government of Canada forced or compelled anyone who was going to practice health care in Canada to receive the mRNA jab. Notice, compelled them. Question. Did those doctors and nurses have a choice? The answer is yes, they did have a choice. Now, what was their choice? Well, we don't know for sure, but one of the choices was they would have to forfeit, at least for a period of time, the practice of medicine. But they did have a choice. Are you beginning to see what the problem is? You see, we are so prone to rationalize why we should conform to the demands that are upon us that are unrighteous, that are unholy, that are dangerous, or whatever, that we cannot, our our consciences are completely seared. We can no longer rely upon uh, a God-given conscience to inform us because we've we've totally submitted to the power structures that would compel us to do this, that, or the other. It's very dangerous. Here's another application. A Florida FBI agent was suspended without pay for blowing the whistle on what he said are the Bureau's violations of the Sixth and Eighth Amendment rights of January 6th defendants. And... uh, he offered a reminder of what was long considered the nation's premier law enforcement agency is supposed to be about. He said, we took an oath before our family and our friends and the Lord Almighty, and we're supposed to be people of integrity, he said. He said, you're indeed a person of fidelity, bravery, integrity. That's the FBI motto. And so you have to do things that aren't easy even pointing out when we're not meeting the standards that we have set out for ourselves. For saying that, he was suspended without pay. In other words, the FBI is compelling, through this action, compelling the rest of their agents, don't you dare stand for truth and righteousness in this organization. You do what we say, no matter how wicked, no matter how unlawful, no matter how unrighteous, you're going to do what we say or suffer the consequences. Where's the free speech? 
Where's the free application of the law? No. Under the current system that's developing, you either conform or else. This man had the courage of your convictions. Question, do you? Do you have the courage of your convictions, or do you even have any convictions anymore? A man who had deep convictions, whether or not he was a Christian, was called a God-fearing man in the past. You don't hear that term anymore, because people don't have convictions. They are pragmatists. They're conforming to their feelings or the pressure that is upon them. So compromise always exalts self-consciousness over God-consciousness. Always. When I'm just concerned about myself, you see, this FBI agent that stood for righteousness was not primarily concerned about himself. He was concerned about the FBI, and he was concerned about how the FBI was destroying its reputation and undermining the trust of the American people in a fundamental law enforcement agency. He was not concerned about self. He was concerned about God consciousness. He even said so. We swore, took an oath before the Lord Almighty, Whenever we make decisions that are driven primarily by self-interest rather than truth and God-interest, we've already compromised. One country is offering to pay for funeral costs If forced COVID shot kills you, isn't this interesting? What country is that? Australia. Australia has reported some of the most extreme COVID-19 demands of anywhere in the world during the pandemic. Mass, yes. COVID shots, yes. Isolation, yes. Many other requirements, uh, mandated jabs, all of those things. But now, when... There is an uprising around the world. Australia is not going to back down, but they're going to tell you, okay, well, if you do die as a result of getting the jab, we're going to pay for your funeral. How nice is that, right? Compromise always exalts the temporal over the eternal. Always. What about today? It's just about today. It's not about the bigger picture. It's not about eternity. It's not about what is right. It's not about what what is righteous in the long run. It's all about today. That's what caused Esau to sell his birthright, my friends. And God said... Esau, uh, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What did God hate about Esau? His pragmatism. 
That's what God hated. He was not a man of principle. Now, we'll finish up with this. An American pastor, Andrew Brunson, was speaking in Jerusalem at the Feast of Tabernacles three days ago. He gave a very strong message about the persecution that is coming. You know why he gave this message? Because he was arrested and held in prison in Turkey for two years. He just about gave up his faith. And he said, I have to tell you, I'm warning you, I'm warning Christians, persecution is coming. Now, what does that mean? Persecution is a way to compel you to conform. You must give up your true faith in Christ and do what the those who are compelling you say or else you might be thrown in prison. You might have your children taken away. You might lose your job. You might, and you can add, fill in the, in the blanks. Now, what's the end point of all this? The end point of this, friends, is something called the mark of the beast. Have you ever heard of it? People are going to have a choice. If you have not learned how to make righteous choices today, when the tree is relatively green, how in the world are you going to be able to stand when the tree is brown? That's a question. To help you along the way, to encourage you, to strengthen you, the book, Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception, the $18 book for $15 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at $5 for postage and handling. And please, we're preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour, finding every way conceivable to do it, to get the attention of God's people. Did we have your attention today? God bless. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.